0: business and balls presented by house enterprise and brought to you by manscaped go to manscaped.com slash house you can get 20 percent off your order and free shipping around the world that's will and i'm jake we've got ttp jj gruden on the show and we kind of got like you know we got maybe halfway to three quarters of the way through this and you said something that stuck with me we are so close to football and that's kind of wild considering like I mean, is the summer over? <laughs> it's like holy shit. Well, when he brought up
1: the Cardinals' take, which you'll you hear in the interview, I totally forgot that DeAndre Hopkins got suspended. I forgot about that too. Yeah, How long's he out for? Six games for the uh, the PP the uh, performance enhancing drugs or whatever it might have been. But oh, he said that, and I was like, holy shit, I remember that because they traded for um, Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood Brown, and it's like, oh shit, that's a sick receiving core. But then they knew that DeAndre Hopkins
0: wasn't going to be around. What did he do? Was it one of those that he's like, oh, I never did it, like it accidentally came up in my test, like whatever? I don't remember. I have to, when we
1: had the conversation, it just, it just... uh stuck with me so oh yeah
0: he said i'm confused and shocked in my 10-year nfl career i have never tested positive for using performance enhancing drugs to learn that my november test came back with the trace elements of a banned substance i was confused and shocked um but it just goes
1: to show that i'm like okay you know we are starting to you know get our fantasy football league together We're getting some college football stuff. We just had, you know, our first betting conversation with football. I'm not ready. I was still in baseball (laughs) mode. I was still in, let's get a couple more beach days in the summer. Yeah, no, football is very much in the, it's not even in the rear view mirror. It is passing along you by the highway. So it's time to get, get back into the swing of things. I feel like I didn't even bet much baseball this summer. Did you? I had my weekly bets. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't publicize them as much,
0: but I had my weekly bets. Football yeah. is going to be the breadwinner, though. It always is. Uh, I oh. mean, that's you, you pay for the rest of your bets with football. Yeah,
1: Hopefully. Well, my college basketball was my my, ride into the
0: sunset. Yeah, true. You had a good record. Very good record. Was it like 70% you went? 76. Holy shit. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah, riding tight with that, that this year. That's what well, football betting is. Is there?
0: I I hope so too. This is a very wild. Um, like there are a few things that are no brainers for me personally. Like you know, we talk about the Cardinals a bit. I'm just so far out on them. Um, AFC West is going to be a total bloodbath. Um, I don't know. There's some there's some juicy stuff out in books right now. So football's knocking on the door. You've only got it's four weeks to make like you know futures and all that stuff that's insane four weeks until the season starts i'm Mm. not ready not ready um dive into beers um yeah uh craft is we're and speaking of not ready i mean we're we're at the point where we're going to start seeing pumpkin beers in four weeks and that also terrifies me too um season I'm just not ready for pumpkin beers yet. Like cinnamon rim to me says, all right, it's, and it probably just cause it's so hot. It's like going to be 97 tomorrow. Um, not ready for pumpkin beers. You know, I need a couple more like, you know, good IPAs for the rest of the summer and that's really it. But um, let's get into beers. Let's review them.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to start off with uh, someone who I think we'll be talking with soon and it's Efren over at Providence Brewing Company uh local favorite but i had one of their frozen beers the frozen beer is such a game changer and it's much different than the frozy cup at long live where that is more of like a smoothie this is a straight up frozen cocktail but there's (laughs) beer in it and Incredible flavors and the fact that they're making it off of beers that they already have, like Tattoo of Blood and Battle Cow, but then also uh new formats with their, you know, strawberry, banana, and stuff like that. I really enjoyed both of them. I mean, I'm gonna give it a 375 out of five, and I think it's a fair rating because it's it's not a beer, it's a frozen cocktail, but it, it it is a beer, just the way that it comes out frothy. It's just perfect for this heat right now. I mean, we went after a round of golf and it was still like 90 degrees outside, even though it was pitch black. So like nothing beat that. I needed a water, like a hole in my head, but that helped just as much. So 3.75 out of five for me, uh, great stuff. And I hope everyone tries it before the winter time.
0: I, that was where my. You know, I first went, I had a little taster. I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I'm going to have. So I had that shrubbery banana one. I think it was with the, uh, their Berliner vice, And I shot myself in the foot here, but I got a 16 ounce. And I think I could have done with a 12. Because with any frozen drink, and it's not, I'm not, you know, trying to take away from their product because I think it was great. Um, I just got like my mouth just got like too frozen drinky you know there's no better way to say it like after the uh when I had like a third of it left I was like all right I I think I could be all done with this but super refreshing I mean that first those first couple of sips it's like oh my god there's beer in here and there's not a lot but I think it's a game changer uh definitely different from Frozy cup as you mentioned but this is cool this is like I hate to sound like a you know a a shitty commercial telling you to go to a water park but like beating the heat all right it's like the the new way to beat the heat um super cool super innovative from them that's my take um i had this week a uh i think i reviewed bent water a few weeks ago from lynn massachusetts uh had another one uh had a white ale from Bentwater, they do a lot of good ipas uh sluice juice seems to bring home the uh the, the good reviews but i uh tried the white ale very much like an Alagash white i gotta say it was a little underwhelmed um i i don't know what your thoughts on white ales are i think they're very hit or miss like Alagash white there's nothing better nothing uh, better you can have that out for dinner, right? You can have that at a baseball game. You can even have that at a brewery in Maine, um, or like some kind of craft beer bar. But I don't know. There was, I think the the white ale elements need to have some sort of like you know kind of multi flavor. They need to have some citrus, and they need to be refreshing and light. Um, and I think bent water here was just a little too bland. You got that like kind of citrus, like cinnamon clove backing, but it was just a little bit too bland for me. So um, this one's getting to three, two, five here. Um, would I drink it again? Sure. I would. I think bent water again is still a place that everybody in new England should try. Great IPAs. Uh, from my experience, they've had some really good lagers. Uh, I think lagers. Yeah. Or maybe some, some pale ales in general, but uh, white ale was, was just okay this time. Uh, I don't know like the the, our ratings have certainly you know our standard has risen these past few years and um you know I'm comfortable giving a beer a 325 now it's that simple
1: it's hard with those niche beers too when you um when you have one like an allagash white that is clearly far superior than a lot of other beers in that style it's hard to you know like match anything I mean like obviously there's like IPAs everywhere and everywhere, but not everyone's making a white ale. Not everyone's making a sour. Not everyone's making a wheat beer, a Hefenweiss, or whatever might be those smaller categories. So when you have one that stands out like that, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, this competes.
0: Right. Because, like, yeah, I don't know about you. I was, like, I think that was – Probably when we were, like, before the age we were able to have craft beer, like, that was sophisticated stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, I love an Allagash White. That's a great beer. Like, that's the standard of beers, right? Like, you go to a, you go out to dinner, you go to some bar, and you want to impress people. It's like, oh, I'm going to get an Alagash because it's really good, right? And Alagash is great. It's just the standard of White Ales. Yeah. Um, really hard to live up to, and it's hard to execute on. So Bentwater, not to say they get a free pass on this, but um, it was fine. I would have it again. I would give it a different try out of a can. I had it on draft. Um, yeah, they make good stuff. Just, again, you're right on there. Um, so that's beers. Let's go to business. Um, some some interesting stuff goes down this week. You wrote a blog on it. Amazon acquires iRobot. If you don't know iRobot, you certainly know the product they make, which is everybody's favorite cleaning device, the Roomba. Um, one point seven billion dollars for iRobot. How about that? So pretty interesting stuff from Amazon. This screams an Amazon acquisition. I mean, connected to the internet, sort of user controlled. Uh, they can. Th- this gets them right into their smart home, um, you know, sort of play. And I think this is almost one of those that if you're Amazon, you look at this and say, Yeah, sure, I'll pay whatever for this. This this makes just too much sense. I mean, the fact
1: that it's one of the most sold products on Amazon at the moment, over 40 million Roombas have been sold um, with over a million, a couple million sold just on Amazon alone each year. So obviously it was something that was always on the attention, but the reason Amazon's not buying this company for its vacuum abilities, it's buying it for its surveillance and the product portfolio that they've created is so big brother, it's crazy right now. Like I knew iRobot was definitely always in Amazon's wheelhouse. Um, You know, the writing was kind of on the wall and especially where, like, how the business operates, it's definitely something that Bezo was was licking his chops at for a while. But going into it deeper, like, iRobot has been mapping out people's homes and, like, supposedly some of them have, like, cameras, like, not, like, high-tech, like, drone cameras, but you know, small enough cameras to like navigate through the homes and they've mapped out layouts and the insides and outs. And it's like, okay, between the A word, which I can't say right now because she's listening to me over she'll there. She'll wake up. But, yes. Yeah. She'll wake up, um, between that, which again, just shows like, <laughs> hello, nice to, nice to see you. But between <laughs> that ring doorbells, um, the Wi-Fi routers they bought now this, they are inside of everyone's homes, listening into everything, um, seeing everything, there's no privacy or security anymore. And then I read, I mean, you know, I mentioned it in my blog that the, you know, deal might not even go through, you know, it might, the SEC might go through and say, Hey, this is uh going to break the, the, what do they call it? The, um, antitrust laws. That the trade commission sets on regulators. So I think it'll probably still go through. Someone's gonna collect a nice paycheck at the end of the day. Uh, but this was the first time that Amazon I at least in my eyes, the first time Amazon has done something that unanimously scared people across the board. Like there wasn't any pe- right, wasn't right, many right. people being like, oh shit, like. Amazon just acquired iRobot. Like that's that's a power move. Everyone's like, kind of suspect.
0: I mean, uh, I can both be true? I think it's a power move and it's kind of suspect. I mean, you tell me, right? I think we're both pretty, we're both pretty technically savvy people. I mean, we've got outfitted with the a word as you mentioned, but you own a Roomba, you own all of the a words in your house. Um, you tell me. I mean, would, is this something you would use? Like, would you hook your Roomba up to the Amazon app and, you know, your smart home app, whatever you've got, knowing all of the things that it can now do, but also knowing the data that it collects and that Amazon probably knows your map, your location, all this stuff. I mean,
1: it's one of those things where I'm so past the, I care anymore stage. Like you own an iPhone, you own, you own an iPhone you participate in social media apps and you buy stuff on Amazon, you're in. As long like in my eyes, it's like, as long as you're doing nothing wrong, I don't care what people know or don't know. Like the map of my apartment floor, okay, like go at it. Can, like, congrats. What are you what are you gonna do? Target me with Amazon ads on like furniture that I might need? And if that's the case, I mean, I speak, my great. Near, my, I speak <laughs> near my phone and say, oh, I could use a new coffee table and it's going to show up in my Amazon card anyway. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where I have nothing to hide and I'm doing nothing wrong that if the government or Amazon wants to listen in by all means, I'm right with you. It's like, I don't that's care weird. anymore it's like, and I'm not going to live my life not using products or not doing things because you know we should all be wearing tinfoil hats to avoid the radio waves of the government and and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and so on. It's it it is what it is at this point. You own an iPhone. You own an iPhone.
0: You're you're already locked in. Any any data that anybody wants they've got already I'm I'm right with you. I think um it's like what most I'm very much of the belief that consumer companies they should they can use my data for whatever they want as long as it is like use it to help me out like yeah if i'm if i'm talking about a fucking coffee table you damn what well, you damn well better believe i want to see it on the front page of amazon if i keep saying wow i need to buy a coffee table so badly right watch i'm gonna get a fucking coffee table ad tomorrow <laughs> It ha- this shit happens like and if i it's the same thing when i log on to dunkin donuts i need them to know that the last 10 times i went there i ordered a medium cold brew with skim milk fucking great i want that i want that and all consumer companies should do this that's my hot take and that's the difference between our generation and boomers and even millennials it's that simple i think like use my fucking data i don't care at this point if it's helping my life And if you can integrate my smart home because you bought fucking Roomba too, then have at it, Amazon. Here you go, Andy Jassy. Take my data, do something with it. Steep price of one point a cool one point seven billion for this to go through. Um, I don't know. You did the you did the math. That that look right? Did you expect more or less? Uh, I think. I mean,
1: it definitely was. When you say that Amazon acquired a vacuum company for $1.7 billion, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, that's a lot of money. When you say Amazon acquired a data company that yeah. brings them inside of their
0: consumers, you're like, huh, that's fair. Yeah. Amazon acquired a company of a, a vacuum that went uh, sub 500 in NFL betting in fall 2020. She, uh, yeah, yeah. Was it what? What was her record? It was probably like less than forty percent. No,
1: it was like it was. It was better. It was better. What? Wow. Yeah. It was. Um. I mean, the video that I included. It was
0: six and three that week. That was pretty good. We yeah. always did the Consuela parlays where we just put ten bucks. Like ten bucks to win ten thousand. Yeah, if we didn't parlay them, we probably would have you know done quite
1: all right who knows yeah. i'd have to i might have to bring that back
0: a vacuum uh, now it's an amazon vacuum but no because it. then it's and it's alexa that's yeah. picking this stuff so, so oh.
1: like the that's where like the gambling commission's gonna have to go in and be like jeff bezos i know
0: Is the off. sec gonna police this now yeah <laughs> oh goodness that's funny um yeah so amazon and roomba um big news uh some other big news in different ways dot again we're venturing into uh public sector sort of business here but department of transportation some new rules for airlines last week um i've been delayed many times have we been delayed this year? I don't know. Maybe twice or three times had a flight delayed. But other people, I mean, I don't know how your trip to Dubai went if there was any delays. But it feels like everybody's just getting fucking shelled, uh, Either cancellations or delays. But I had,
1: de- I had delays in Utah.
0: Um, oh, yeah. That's right. I had delays in Utah. But, I mean. How many hours was it? Two. Two. So you wouldn't have qualified for this year. But. What they're proposing is that passengers get full refunds if their flight's delayed by three hours or more. I, 100%. 100, 100,
1: sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that? It was, uh, someone just posted the video and I hate how I have to say this. Edwin Diaz walking out and then like his like- the
0: Fucking walk- trumpets. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I, I want to get back to the planes, but like that is so sick. I hate, to say it. I hate. I want to get back to
0: the planes <laughs> i hate to say it
1: he's like that walk-up song is so sick i don't think it's like top five but it's fucking electric
0: here's my hot take it's top five yeah
1: it's it's not as good as enter sandman i don't know it's it's yeah. well but
0: it's fucking oh, it's fucking catchy is it bad that it's in the like a lot of people say no they 50 feet of shit it's in the same conversation it's just it's that's so what fucking scares me the problem is though it's like
1: everyone knows the song enter sandman i can't tell you the name of this song it's um it's
0: fucking narcos by blaster jacks okay <laughs> you know it's not fucking sandman by metallica i know it's I, I know but it does have a
1: like the guys have a catchy name it's blaster jacks. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of but back to the planes 100 <laughs> percent because it's a shit time right now to fly and who knows when this is going to get better um, you know, we were talking about a few weeks ago how Europe, all the airlines were losing, like the luggage and stuff. And, you know, after over a year, you know, we're heading on to year two slash three of this of the pandemic. I mean, we're on the tail end out. But people are itching to travel, itching to get out of the house. You know, the economy's not as great, but people still want to travel and, and do these types of things. Why would you in the Airlines have been shit. So,
0: and I thought you were going a different direction with what you were about to say, which was, or what you just said, which was like, it's been, you know, year two, arguably year three into this pandemic. Like, why are people still blaming it on COVID? Well, I mean, the airlines have had fucking basically a full year and a half to like get their shit together, right? Uh, Is it a problem of, and I get it, there are real challenges in this whole thing with where do you find pilots that don't want to work? uh which is weird why wouldn't you're like you're like a pilot why don't you want to fly a plane and sit home make no money yeah uh, i don't. I, I couldn't even tell you these.
1: it's like it, there's been delays across the board it's like weather malfunctions luggage like i i can't tell you what's what is going on but it just hasn't been enjoyable
0: yeah, it's nuts. So here are the, the situations where you get a refund and I, something tells me this is not going to happen just because how robust it is. But so number one is if your flight's delayed three hours or more. Number two is if your arrival or departure airport has changed, which, ha- which happens a lot in big metro markets like New York. It's happened in Chicago. People having to drive to Midway and LAX too. People having to drive to like, you know, bumblefuck like Ontario, right? Nobody flies out of Ontario. Um so those situations, connections are added is another, or if your plane gets significantly downgraded from like, you know, a, a big old 787 to like a smaller plane. Um, and I think that every rational human being is going to say, yeah, like, I mean, absolutely. I want my fucking money back if my flight's delayed for three hours or more. Um, my question is like, I don't have the right answer to what entices airlines to do this. Is it federal funding? Like, who's going to pay for it? Is the DOT just going to say, okay, here's $5 billion. Um, You guys can use this to pay off your customers. Because if that's the solution, then, like, I'm not too crazy about that, to be honest. Well, where are they
1: getting the money to offer tens of thousands of dollars for people to leave the
0: planes when they double booked? Which is another thing. How the hell do you double book? Yeah, that's so dumb. It's like you book your seat and you i don't know i don't know
1: how is it like i've never understood that where it's like oh we need seven people to get off this plane and we're going to give you ten thousand dollars each that's seventy thousand dollars but you overbooked seven. like how
0: yeah, how is that worth 70 grand for you well because you it's know? like
1: obviously it's like if you need to get somewhere and you know you can't catch next flight till tomorrow and you're time dependent. Like they're 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 getting desperate, but
0: it's Yeah. Oh, I'm saying leave. for the airline. Like how does that make sense for the airline to just say, oh, okay, we're gonna book this to the brim, collect another that you know, at most thousand bucks from somebody realistically, and then beg them with cash to get off. That's I just,
1: Yeah, I can't I can't figure out how like I don't know. It's a simple software. Like you can't book a restaurant on Open Table if the tables aren't available. And you're telling me Delta or you JetBlue or anybody is like, uh, it's my it's it's one of those things where it's mind it's mind baffling. There's there's 120 seats on a plane, and 120 tickets were sold. I have zero seats left. It's It's simple math. You just did third grade math for these airlines. Simple math. (laughs)
0: and you're telling me you go seven seats over how i can see that in like a kid's math book like we should ask jj too like hey if you're if this showed up in your kid's math book do you think he would get it right like yeah oh i have 120 seats on the plane i booked 123 seats how many seats do i have left over the answer is fucking five grand later and somebody three people are off the plane yeah so i guess that, that you give them the same sort of Nudge in the ass because how did that come about? I don't know. I'm too lazy to research, you know, how uh, overbooking compensation became a thing. But maybe the DOT is going to go this way. I don't know. Can they do it with legislation or some ruling? I, I don't really know. But God damn it, would I love this because I'd be. I would have a lot more money in my pocket from this already, just retroactively for the past year. I mean, I would JetBlue, you know this, i told you, I think I've had 12 flights with JetBlue in the past year and a half. Six of those flights have been delayed by five hours or more. I would at six free one-way flights, three wow. round trippers. That's, uh, that's a lot. And hopefully it's incentive for these fucking airlines to get their shit together. And that's business. I don't know, like, have have airline stocks been tanking, like, or are they just sort of proportionate to the market? I, I haven't seen anything considerable. I mean, JetBlue and Spirit sort of threw that whole thing out of whack for a bit. Um, I haven't heard anything of significance where, where like, you know, they, they've really tanked as an industry, but I'm pretty sure, you know, hospitality is in a fine shape right now in general. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll benchmark American Airlines or something for that at some point. But yeah, I mean, hospitality is what we talked about when we started this show and how it was absolutely in the gutter. And then it just rallied. Like that was real pump and dump stuff. So maybe if this goes through, who knows? I don't know how this affects stocks.
1: Well, another, uh, what was it? The, uh, that merger deal fell through Spirit and Frontier,
0: yeah. Because JetBlue uh, Blue swooped in, yeah. I don't know. Um, so American Airlines is down 19% in the past six months, pretty proportionate. I mean, they're up 12% this past month. Let's see what has happened in the past five years. I mean, it's down 70% in the past five years. I don't know. I don't know. That's another one. Like when the JetBlue Spirit merger starts to go through, we'll have to look into that a lot too. Because it's like, I, first of all, I'm so fucking pissed at JetBlue for that. Like, what? Spirit sucks. Spirit sucks. And you're going to make JetBlue worse, who's already like a bleeding airline? I mean, it's just their economy. Ah, JetBlue's you know. just fallen so much from what they were they were the gold standard. They were, you know, Hey, you don't pay fees. You don't do any of this. Uh, we're not going to make you wait for 9 billion hours. We're nice. We're, we'll give you free snacks. Now it's like, Hey, we need $50 to pick your seat. Um, I don't know. I'm not just pissed with up blue. I'm not sure. Uh, spirit, uh I don't know I don't know why why they just wouldn't merge with Frontier. I mean they both suck. You pair both the Sucky Airlines, you make a mega sucky airline. And then your prices go down even further. I don't know. I I shouldn't be in charge of an airline though. Uh, I'm not qualified for that. So That's it. Um, Any more business? I think that's, that's mostly the pulse. We went from a really boring week last week to a pretty, uh, this was already it's heating up this week. And there's some acquisition talks in the works this year too, that we, we haven't, uh, we haven't gotten really any updates on. They say Chewy and Boston Beer are two candidates to get acquired this year.
1: Boston Beer.
0: Yeah. revenue's way down. I didn't realize that. Truly carry the brand too.
1: Who would acquire Boston Beer? I
0: don't know. They're talking about private ownership. I just saw that
1: a couple days ago. Isn't that crazy? Like, I feel like they're too big for a Budweiser. Like, I feel like they're too big for a Budweiser, Coors. You know, or I mean, an Anheuser Bush acquisition. But I feel like someone who's who has the capital to
0: acquire a Boston Beer. I don't know. Do they just take it private with some? Like, I, I don't know. Do they take it private with like a a uh, private equity group or something and just have them run it for a while? I don't know. They're talking about private ownership there. It's just so weird. I was shocked to hear that. Because like AB and Miller Coors, what the hell are they going to do? They have no interest in that. You're going to bring in Sam Adams to compete directly with Coors and Miller High Life and all the other beers? I don't know. I don't know where you go with that. But the, I guess Truly is enticing. Twee is enticing. Angry Orchard kind of, I, I don't know, sort of maybe been declining. I love a Sam Adams. Um, I don't know. I'll send you this article. Interesting. Huh. I don't know what a company like, hey, does, does a company like Amazon come and say, hey, fuck it, wow. Chewy will acquire you too?
1: Well, I could see, I could see Chewy. Yeah. I could see them acquire Chewy because I've also, Amazon has recently like done a lot with their pet, like the Amazon pets. I've seen a lot of their stuff come up recently. So I, I could see them acquire a company like Chewy. If they
0: acquire Boston Beer, I'm putting my foot down. Oh, no. I, I, why would, well, you can't say why would Amazon do something. You can't say that because the whole big rage is why would they acquire Whole Foods? Now it's like, now it's like, oh yeah, of course Amazon holds Whole Foods. It's inseparable. Chewy and Amazon—that's a pairing, though. That's a hell of a pairing. Um, that's business. Exciting week. We'll we'll have some more uh, hopefully good news to report on on all of uh all the acquisitions and whatnot throughout the year. Uh, let's go into balls presented by manscaped uh, we've got J.J. Gruden taking the points TTP with us friend of house enterprise uh, friend of the one and only small state big takes as well Um, let's hop right into it we're talking betting we're talking football we talk some magic at the end we make our house parlay don't want to miss it here he is J.J. Gruden
1: all right, everybody. With us this week, we're joined by friend of the program, a longtime listener and guest of Small States Big Takes, but a man with uh, quite the resume in the sports betting world. It's J.J. Gruden, also known as Taking the Points. He is the founder of WeBet, the co-founder of WeBet Media. A fan of the Orlando Magic, and we believe the Bucks. We can't get a read on uh, your NFL <laughs> fandom, so we'll dive into that. But. Like we said, a man that is very good at sports, handicapping, and betting. So, JJ, welcome to the podcast, and how's everything I appreciate
2: going? that intro, but you've got extremely good-looking in that, too. So. All right. <laughs> <And> there <laughs> we go. I
1: want to make sure that we clean that up a little bit, okay? Absolutely. We'll add that. We'll make sure in the description, extremely good-looking is on the yeah. tagline. I
2: appreciate that.
1: <laughs> how's everything <laughs> going?
2: It's going good, man. It's going good. I just got done uh, sweating my balls off at my kids' uh, tea, uh, baseball uh wednesday night i was playing catcher and one kid my actually my kid he fouled tip on right and hit me right in the jaw <laughs> tip, i <laughs> oh, chipped no. two teeth i wanted to kill him <laughs> and so but uh you know we're back we came back out there today still hanging out there and catcher you know you gotta show these kids uh you mean business and you go out there even if you get hit in the mouth and chip a tooth or two you get back there and play behind the plate and show the toughness out so that's what i did
1: so how old is the kid He's eight years
2: old. If he was 13 years old, I probably wouldn't be out there. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was going to say, when's the, what? what's the age limit of like when the the co- the parents are, are the ones pitching and catching? It's around oh, eight to 10? So, or
2: Well, it, it's hot as it, it's hot here. You know, it's in the summertime in Virginia. It's like a dry heat. It's like a hundred degrees every time we go out there. It's weird because the Virginia heat, it gets like hotter in the later part of the day. So like from like four to six, it's like the hottest part of the day. So we're out there sweating. I don't put any of these kids in catchers gear. So to speed things up, no pitching either because these kids will fall asleep out in the outfield with all the balls and everything. So I make sure coaches are pitching at them constantly. And I, I, and then the quicker you get the balls back, the quicker the game gets over, you're done in like an hour and a half. So um, that's kind of how it is. And in in, in the real game, they they pitch all six innings. So um, we just want to keep the game moving.
1: Yeah. What's the average game time? Uh shit. In the in
0: regular
2: <laughs> season, like in fall or spring, it's like two to two and a half hours. Sometimes oh. it goes to two and a half.
0: It's you gotta get Manford in there. Get the uh get the pitch clock in and uh start <laughs> policing these coaches, man.
2: Well, dude, I the, how I kill time, I seriously bet with the other coaches and my coaches on my team, dude. I literally bet <laughs> first three plays. We have nerfies, we do it all, man. We do the first because it's six innings, we do the first uh three, you know, first half three innings. We do a whole lot of stuff, man. <laughs>
0: So that's like, you know, let's, let's cross off like a, a question that I don't think we had on our list, but like betting the Little League World Series, like yes or no, we'll just cross that off because that's a yes, obviously. Yeah, 100%,
2: yes. 100% yes. I just got mad at my bookie because I mean, you don't have Little League World Series on DraftKings or any of these like major, you know, sites. You got them on Bovada, but I don't trust Bovada, but I hit my bookie up hard today for little league world series props because oh I, it's electric man it's electric it's electric
1: <laughs> i mean you have to have money on uh on jersey because tom's river i believe uh uh frazier's kids playing it's full circle he'll be oh, in all my, oh my well. god i mean i didn't hear that it's we have our uh, we have himself. our local
2: virginia team. we have our local virginia team playing here actually right in my backyard they uh play in the regional finals uh tomorrow against i think tennessee so the winner of that game i think it's actually if virginia wins tomorrow they have to play again because it's double elimination or whatever it is and then if they win that one they they move on so we're pulling for uh south riding
1: all right i mean so we'll, we'll hold on to the uh literally betting lines yeah. in a little bit but <laughs> just, I mean... yeah for the for the folks that i feel yeah. like
2: so great right now i mean
1: i'm like hoping my wife
2: doesn't hear me i'm like creeping in the other room if she hears me on the Holy world series i think she'll leave me yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well we'll make sure your wife doesn't see the link to this podcast yeah,
2: I appreciate, yeah. That. I appreciate that. i had a well, blog a long time ago
1: yeah we know your <laughs> background and so do our friends over at small states but for the listeners that don't i mean tell us how did uh ttp become who you are today and give us a little introduction of you and your uh your gambling background
2: yeah, well, I mean, I've been gambling since I was like 17 or 18 years old. Um, you know, I really found a love for it. I mean, I don't know how degenerate this sounds, finding a love for gambling, right? But, um, you know, it was actually my my parent or my dad, he coached in the NFL. My uncle, he was a coach in the NFL as well. Um, and there was a grace period where both of them weren't head coaches, and I had no fandom to any team. I still don't look. I'm like Rob Lowe wearing the NFL logo, <laughs> uh, and I, I really don't have a you know very serious fan base of anything. Um, but during that period, that two year period or year and a half period off, um, I had to figure out something to get that emotion going because I was so dedicated to either like the Buccaneers or the Bengals or the, uh, the Redskins or the uh, Raiders or whoever it was, because it was my, my blood was the head coach of the team. But since that, I had to find a way to get that, you know, those juices flaring again because I had no emotional, you know, investments and uh, betting really helped that. And uh, I know it sounds kind of weird, but I mean. I start following a little bit more. I have a jersey almost every single team out there. So, whoever had my money on that week, that's the team I'm wearing. That's in the sports bar. So, uh, people are really confused when I walk in the same sports bar every week because they have no idea who I like. But, you know, that's kind of where I got into it and kind of moved on from there. Two years ago, uh, during the pandemic, you know, that's right when TikTok came out. I love how TikTok came out right during the pandemic where everyone's at home and they can scroll through all these videos and stay at home all day and really like go crazy. But I saw this guy. When it first started, his name was R.D. Shem. Credit to this guy. I mean, he is the, like, if you want to talk perfect degenerate, it's this guy, right? I mean, guy in the back of a sports book, beard, not shaved, doesn't look good, kind of overweight a little bit, but he was giving out plays and respect to him. He was doing a lot of this stuff, and he was talking about all this plays and why he liked him and everything. And there was only that guy that was on there. And I'm, like, looking at that, I'm, like, come on. If someone else has to do it, I'm, I'm looking up sports fan TikToks, hashtags. Couldn't find anything. So I'm, like, you know what? screw this. I'm going to do it. So going out my play started a small following and then that turned into a thousand followers. Then that turned to 5,000 and 10,000 and 25. And now I'm at like 55,000 followers on TikTok. and, um, you know, credit to, you know, Trent a little bit too, because he's helped me gain a little bit of followers too. In the process, we started to show last year together. What's the play and worked with Matt Tanner a little bit. We, we, bounced off content ideas with each other throughout the years. And um, and now I'm here and it's 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 been awesome and big things are kind of in the works with me and other uh, content places. So um, that's where I'm at.
0: So a, a catalyst for a lot of this obviously is TikTok, right? But you've somehow managed as well as a lot of the sports betting community, right? Like that dead zone between the NBA finals and like the Stanley Cup to when football starts. It's like, yeah, it's like, everything's a snooze fest. You can only watch so many boring baseball games, right? Like there's a, there's a couple, right. You know, we're big Yankee guys. So obviously we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get by like that. But I mean, how have you sort of gassed up everybody else and motivated, you know, this big, large group that was sort of idle and, and dormant, right. That was like, Oh, I can't wait to bet on all this crap. Like, you know, how'd you, how'd you guys manage to make that fun?
2: It's tough, man. It really is. I mean, I, I... I do like baseball. I love going to all the Nats games over here in my backyard. Um, You know, but yeah, like you said, this is a dead period and it's hard to bet on too, especially with Vegas really honing in on these lines. Uh, They really are. They really sharpen their pencil out on it and it's tough to bet on. I mean, I've been getting crushed in this dead period and I did last year too. There's no hiding it. And I'm very transparent when I say that. Um, but I try to make things fun. I still try to talk about the NFL. The preseason's kind of starting. I kind of follow training camp ideas. I also look at tour of fantasy football kind of stuff. Um, but then, you know, I try to make things fun. Like I have the burrito play of the day. Um, try to keep <laughs> engaging things so that people see it, and um, I go from there. So, uh, just I, I, I just mix and match ideas.
0: Yeah. For the uh, yeah, go ahead, Tondo.
1: I was going to say, especially with baseball, everyone loves when it's home run city and and, and the runs are going crazy, but the under has been uh, pretty attractive this summer. And I, I was just confirming it's about more than half it's 52 and a half percent of the time, the under hits in baseball games. So, you know, how wow. have you fared so far with over unders in baseball? Um, if that's even your play or your style.
2: I, I love unders um, people hate that people think I'm a psycho for liking the unders as much <laughs> as I do. And I like unders all over the place, not just baseball, but football basketball too. You're always winning when the game starts on an under. You're just always remember that you're always winning as boring as it may be. But it's, you know, the over can always hit at any point in the, in the game as well. But um, for whatever reason, though, too, these last week, week and a half, I've been taking unders, but they haven't been hitting. Um, so there's that for you. Um, but, you know, um, it's been kind of nice to me. You know, earlier in the season, there were a lot of dead balls early. Uh, I think that people were kind of alluding to that for the most part in the first, like, couple months of baseball. Um, But I think it's starting now to pick up here a little bit. Um, Specifically, I look for, like, teams like the Yankees, Blue Jays, um, teams with a lot of offensive firepower. And whenever I see, like, an under lower than 7.5, that's a red flag for me. Like, there's no reason why this team should ever have, like, a a 7.5 point run total with the offenses that they have, maybe even the Dodgers or the uh, Padres now. Um, it depends on who's the pitchers, obviously, but at the same time, you know, if it's some, a couple of their, you know, middle of the pack, um, starters, I, I look at that and I say, okay, this game I think is going to be on the under and I, I, and that's like my immediate, like go-to and that's when I kind of bet the under.
0: So your most recent under, what was it? How'd you fare up? Did you play any unders <laughs> today? I guess is the I question. did play
2: an under today. I did play an under today. One play on the dry the board today. I took the under in the Nationals and Cubs game. Cubs have been playing awful. And we know that uh, their offense has been struggling. Uh, Annabel Sanchez, you know, he's on the mound for uh, for Washington right now. Um, he's got like a seven point four five ERA or whatever it is. And then uh, I think I think Thompson's like got a four and a half ERA. I think he's pitching right now too. But the thing is, like, I mean, that you know. You think that this is going to be like 8-0 in the third inning? I don't even know what the score is. I don't want you guys to tell me. I'm going to be pissed off either way if it's. Well, you want to go? Go ahead, tell me, Jake. Go ahead, tell me. Is
0: it good? So it's a bottom third, one nothing Cubs. Yep. So okay, we're, we're good. We're, we're right okay. there. Yeah.
2: We're all right. We're all right. We're okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> we're in good shape. So yeah, I mean, you know, um, right then and there though, you would think that this would be kind of like a, a gone-over game with him on the mound, like nine, nine and a half. I'll go right there and look at the overall. I'll just call it a no bet, but eight. And a lot of money was coming in, and then I look at like the money distribution as well because I think that's very important. I saw like seventy percent of the money coming on the over. The, the the total runs ended up going to seven and a half, which is weird, reverse line movement there, and uh, and that and that really kind of solidified things for me. And I went ahead and, and went balls deep into it. So that's where I'm at.
1: So with your following too, are there any? I mean. You know, you started have make you started making content since the pandemic, so we'll say a good two years, especially with store sports returning and everything. But which sports or which teams really get the most interactions or impressions for you, based off of your fans?
2: Um, I mean, I think you know, with my last name, I mean, if we're talking about sport wise, you know, what I get the most interaction is is definitely football. NFL is blown up. I mean, everyone knows kind of. I really kept my name under wraps my first like year, year and a half of having taken the points. Everyone just knew me as TTP taking the points. No one knew me as JJ Gruden. I'd really try to to hold that name under wraps because of, I want to see if I can blow it, blow my, my following up organically. And I did so. And it's only kind of like a cherry on top with them knowing that I'm coming from this huge football background. Right. And that just kind of, you know, puts a little bit more respect on my name. I feel like, because i have grown up around football the past, you know, all my life really I grew up in the locker room right so um that kind of helps and I think people really kind of come to me for more of the football and and NFL plays and also college football as well because they know the familiarity I have around
0: each sport so you put out um you're, you're one to put out hot takes pretty regularly right like you know just some some things that could be polarizing depending on how you look at it right yeah um There's one that you put out August 3rd that I actually agree with. I think you might've been on small state big takes when we were that, that I dropped it, but um, Cardinals going to finish last in the NFC West. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That take is starting to piss a lot of people off too, because everybody's like, you know, with the whole Kyler drama, there's, there's a very clear divide between like, you know, Oh, team Kyler and, Oh, you know, screw him. No, he needs to, he needs to study if they're paying him all this money. So Mm-hmm. Give it to us. Why the Cardinals going to finish last in the NFC West here?
2: I think a couple of reasons. Um, you know, not having DeAndre Hopkins is going to really hurt him. Um, Hollywood Brown, I think he's going to come in and do well. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Hollywood, what, it's like 5'11". Can't really make any plays. You're going to have to look at Rondale Moore. You're going to have to look at your big tight ends. You're going to have, like, uh, McBride and, and Zach Ertz. But, I mean, Kyler's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's definitely top 14 in the league. I'm not saying he's top 10. He's right around there. He's right around there. But um, right I, the I really think it's more going to be of the uh, air raid offense that's going to kind of falter. I think people are going to start to figure that out. I, I just don't think that um, I just don't think that offense is going to work anymore in the NFL. The defense is too hard. I think they're going to figure it out, especially you got the Rams in that division. That's I feel like that's two losses. They got lucky last year with one win, I think, against the Cardinals um, uh, against the Rams. I mean, uh, you got the 49ers who are going to be damn good, I think, as well. And then the Seahawks, I think, are just a little slightly underrated. I think they can split, and if they split. I can see the Cardinals going one and five, maybe two and four, and they have a hard schedule on top of that as well. So their defense kind of, you know, miscom- it's kind of hurt as well. And I just really don't think that they're going to be as good as people think they are from the year that they had. I mean, they got blown out. Let's not forget in the first round of the playoffs to the Rams. I mean, they got blown out.
1: So, I mean, on top of if you have a team like the Cardinals on this decline, is there any team in the NFC that you see replacing them in the potential playoff format?
2: Yeah, I, I do think, I mean, my my well, there's 17, you know, we know that seventeens teams get in, right? So, I mean, I, I think the 49ers and Rams both get in from the West. Um, I think the CLC offs are still going to be bad, but I feel like Pete Carroll was at that age where he would have gotten out now and have to go through a season of this bullshit, you know, six six win record. I think they're going to be a little bit better and that. That's what I keep in mind too. Same with Bill Belichick. I think the, I'll get in that one, but like, I just feel like their um, legacy is way too respectable for them to go through another season, even though they're right at the end of their career to come in there and there lose. Right. So, but anyway, I got the 49ers and the Rams. I think they're going to be good. I think the Packers and the Vikings are going to battle it out. I'm not really sure who's going to win that. I do give a slight edge to the Packers but I can see those two teams making it as well going to the NFC East. We all know that division's dog shit. So, I mean, I think that one team escapes out of that one. Now go into the, um, uh, what was it? The NFC South. And then you got the saints and you got the bucks. I think those two teams getting in there too. So uh, Vikings probably replaced the Cardinals this year.
0: What about the 49ers here? You, you said they're in, right? So yeah. the, Trey Lance is their guy. Yeah. Um, Jimmy might be on the outside looking in. Uh, who knows? He could be a Seahawk. That's a big take of mine as well yeah. uh, down the road. <laughs> but do you think the 49ers have the juice? Because I'm i just not sold yet. I don't know. I th- I just personally think there are too many question marks. I'm curious to see kind of uh, what the rationale is behind the 49ers getting in there.
2: Their defense is damn good. I mean, their defense is stat. Uh, I think I was reading a, a few different articles, too, from some beat reporters in San Fran, they say that this is their best defense that they had in the last 10 years. And um, with that being said, I mean their offense. Even though we haven't really seen any of Trey Lance, um, you know, all signs are pointing him to start. You can do a lot of different things with him. And I think Kyle Shanahan. I don't think he's the best head coach in the league by any means, but I do think he's the best offensive play caller in the NFL. And I feel like he's going to figure out ways to get his receivers. And, uh, you know, involved Brandon Ayuk and, and Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the league. And you got three different running backs. you got three-headed monster down there, too, or two-headed monster now. Um, but George Kittle, he was hurt half of the last year. Um, but, you know, I, I just I, – I really think that, uh, like, a guy like Trey Lance, if you're holding him back just a little bit and, you know, the things that you could do outside of Jimmy G with him are way more. And, and that's what even, like, kind of, like, hints to me that they could even win the division. You know, so I think it's going to be a battle. I think they're going to split with the Rams. And it, depending on their season schedule and their outlook, they could even take it down. They, I wouldn't even be surprised.
1: And I mean, like the 49ers did make the playoffs last year. Uh, they mm-hmm. made some waves in the playoffs as well. And yeah, uh, this team was a, uh, I mean, again, how many years has it been? I'm trying to think. Like they've, didn't Jimmy G take them to a Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, knows, yeah knows they sure took
2: them against ball. the Chiefs, and they ended up losing against the Chiefs.
1: Right, so it's like there were only a few years outside of that. It's like mm-hmm. everyone has kind of washed away. Jimmy Garoppolo is like, hey, he's not the guy, but he has seen success with that team. Uh, one team I do want to mention, because I am definitely one that is a card knocks, simp, and recency bias <laughs> when, I see the, when I see the clips, and one like today of you know Jamal Williams crying cool. at the huddle and stuff like that. <laughs> do you think there's any chance that the Lions, you know, might make a splash like a Bengals type jump of uh last year? I don't know,
2: man. I I wouldn't, you know, I mean that that division again, that it's it's kind of up for for grabs and they have a pretty easy schedule like looking at it. They do. If they can win the games that are basically, you know, winnable right i mean they have a favorable schedule i don't have it up for me but i was like looking at okay if they can win this one and they can win this one and i'm i'm saying it a lot to about a lot of teams though but then at the end of the day i just think it's the detroit lions um jared Goff's their quarterback you know deandre swift is injury prone their offensive line is solid i like dan campbell though as a head coach i don't think he got really a fair shot in, in miami when he was a head coach there and their defense is just okay i don't really think they have the receivers i think got dj Chark now and they got a. Uh, St. Brown and uh, Hawkinson, but, you know, I just, it all kind of comes down to how Jared Goff plays. And if it's not his year this year, there are a lot of good quarterbacks that are coming out in college this year. last year, this last past season, there's, there wasn't really anybody that came out, but this season coming up, they're going to have a lot of options available. If Jared Goff can't get him over the hump. And I think they will be more scary, uh, you know, next season. So there's that for you.
0: Are you guys in or out on the green Bay Packers without Devonte Adams this year. I think I'm out and maybe it's because the Pats play them away and I want them to not, uh, to not be good when they travel, but I think I'm out. That's another big take.
2: I think, I think you look at it different. I mean, I love Devonte Adams and he's great. Um, I think you, I think it would be more scary if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, right? I think Aaron Rodgers being on that team is, I think he's still considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's definitely top three in my book right now in the league. And, you know, if you have him, I think you can't count their playoffs out at all, you know? He's way too experienced and he's way too good. He can throw the ball a mile. He can run. He can do a whole lot. And Alan Lazard's very familiar with his offense. I heard this guy, Romeo Dupe, or whatever his name is, this rookie, this free agent that kind of came out. He's doing he's playing really well. Um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon's gonna be a two-headed monster. They already showed that last year, and AJ Dillon's just getting better. So I think you're gonna see a lot of different things from Aaron Jones out like as a receiver this year. And uh, I don't think they're really gonna miss a beat. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna get his team involved, just as as he did the last couple of years, even with Devontae.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree to that fact, too. And I mean, guys like Robert Tanyan, um, having a line, you know, anchored by Bakatari, too, it's like, I think the Packers still will be top of the table. Now, do I think they're going to fly through the playoffs and make it to a Super Bowl? Probably not. I think there's definitely teams that are above them, but Mm -hmm. they're still going to walk away with double-digit wins, I think, with Eden's.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, their, their win toll is set at 11 and a half without Devontae Adams. So, it's got to tell you something.
1: Yeah. You hammer the
2: under there, it could be either the biggest flop. But I, I made a tweet about this yesterday or today, rather, about the Denver Broncos, right? Because I think they they opened up their, their win toll at ten and a half. But, I mean, if Vegas put this win toll at 11 and a half, like, I expect, you know, the Packers to win over 12 games at least or, or close to that number, make the playoffs pretty easy and, and win the division. But, um, you know, or it's the biggest flop that Vegas has ever made,
1: and it goes like to eight games. So, so you said the NFC. Now, what about on the on the flip, the AFC?
2: That division's or that conference is freaking crazy. That, that conference is so good, so good.
0: It just got um, drastically better. It's crazy. I mean, look at the AFC West. Like, is that the best in recent history that it's ever been? Because, like, we're going back to the Raiders' days of old, where yeah. where they were that good. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the the I mean, the four quarterbacks in that division are probably top
2: twelve in the league, right? I mean, no, like depending on who you want to put up there, I feel like Derek Carr. I I made this argument: who's better than Derek Carr or Kyler Murray? I think Derek Carr is better than Kyler Murray, so I could put him in the top thirteen, and he's probably the worst. I mean, out of the, and even I mean, Justin Herbert's so young too; it's just hard to put even him above Derek Carr because Derek Carr is pretty damn good, and he showed that last year too. You got Russell Wilson now, and then you got freaking um, Patrick Mahomes. Oh. I mean, it's the best quarterback-driven division you know in the in the league and one of those teams are going to go down you know it's it's nuts um and i don't know who it's going to be and fair game i i don't think i don't think broncos are good enough to get 10 wins this year even with russell wilson they need another year for uh, maturity and and experience i i feel like but i think they're going to get there next year i do it's like kind of like the lions in my opinion except they just have a better quarterback way better quarterback um, but they beat up on each other. And then you look at the AFC North. I mean, that division is pretty good, damn good, too. You got Deshaun Watson coming back week seven or wherever he comes back. And you got the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, one of the better defenses in the league. You got the Baltimore Ravens. Everyone's coming back healthy. They're going to be a problem. And then, of course, the Super Bowl runner-up Bengals. So, I mean, that division stacked, too. I don't even know who's the better division. I, I wouldn't know. Who, I think this, I, I wouldn't even know who to take. I think both of those divisions take two teams at least, if not three, to the playoffs this year. You know. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna make it.
1: I would I have to say I think I think the West is better. I think the West. West. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just there's you know, like if the season started today, you know, because you just mentioned how like Deshaun Watson's gonna be out for a couple of weeks, and you know, injuries take into that account. I I still think that the AFC West, uh, looking at like the the offensive cores in that group. I mean, obviously, on the Chiefs, you have um, Mahomes and uh, Kelsey. But then, like, the Raiders, obviously, you just got Devontae. The Chargers have Mike Williams and, you know, their, their uh, young core. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, the Broncos, they have young receivers. But on the defensive side, I mean, is there a defense that are better than the Chargers right now, at least name-wise?
2: <laughs> no. That, that, Mack, they they would all in.
1: JC they went Jackson, all in. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they went all in. They went all in. The Broncos have a pretty damn good defense too. I mean, and you got—I mean—you got the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs had added Juju Smith-Schuster. You got um, Aldis Scantling, and then this guy, Sky Moore, who's playing really good too. The rookie—he's gonna be really, really good. He's gonna be a problem. I mean, dude, this—it's it, it, nuts. I mean, the Chargers though—they knew what they needed to get. They got another guy on the edge. Then now they got Bosa and they got Mac to kind of contain Mahomes right when they play him, and to play Russell to kind of help him out there. And also to contain uh, Derek Carr, and you got you, you. They went out and got that corner from New England, who's dang good too. Because that them. that was the problem with the Chargers; it was their defense last year. I think they had like the highest, one of the highest points given up in the league, and that's why their record was was what it was. So, but they made their they made their uh, tweaks, and we'll see what that gets them.
1: And we didn't even mention teams like the Bills, who I think yeah. might be one of the Super Bowl favorites, and a team mm-hmm. like the Colts, you know, guiding – um, you know, their defense has obviously always been phenomenal, but Jonathan Taylor MVP type season added with Matt Ryan, who, you know, is a, a vet of all vets. Uh I can't believe football's around the corner. They were already it's prepping so great. for this I mean it's the it's best so time of the year. It's the it's best so time of the year.
0: You know what's yeah. insane to the uh just listening to another podcast? And Matt Ryan is the active quarterback with the most losses in the NFL right now. Is that nuts? Mm.
1: That's 108 crazy.
0: losses like I, I would have guessed Tom Brady um you know maybe he guys was like losing Stafford. he was never on losing teams I would have said Matt I would have said Matt Stafford Stafford and Ryan were were sort of it was more Stafford where my mind jogged to but I'm like yeah hey, you know Matt, Matt Ryan that makes sense he had uh all those <laughs> almost like seven and nine seasons add up mm-hmm. in Atlanta he had a couple of good years but I mean like you know my only thought was for Brady it's like well I mean the guy's 45 yeah. that was where that was where my mind went but yeah matt ryan hopefully uh now we get to find out if like he's it's sort of like stafford right where everybody's like oh you know i feel bad for matt ryan let's see what happens and now he's sort of i hate to say like no excuses but we'll see what happens with him mm-hmm. um I, I guess we can close out football ttp with any oh, uh, any any juicy features uh features yeah futures <laughs> that you've uh that you've encountered for football whether it's a team to make the playoffs or win the super bowl or anything like that that might be worth the play
2: yeah i mean i i, I sprinkle a little bit on the chargers doing the super bowl cuz they really did kind of go balls to the wall on adding some guys for defense and when you got that young quarterback who's capable of winning games and keeping you in ball games and Justin Herbert that's a good pick um you know it's it's like plus 1200 it's a little juicy so that, that's nice um but i do think tom brady gets there i don't think he comes back out of retirement to not get to a Super Bowl, and, and kind of going back to my point with Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll staying the coach, right? You're not going to tarnish your legacy uh, to come back and lose. Right. So I think that he's going to come back and with the weapons that he's got, even without Gronk and who knows, maybe Gronk comes back, you know, in the middle of the season, there's always that on the table and they, they make a run. Um, that's one of my favorites, but I have a few player props and a few win holes. I got the Ravens to win their division. That one was juicy up like plus 200 early. Now it's kind of going down a little bit. It's like plus 180. I like that one a lot. I like uh, Michael Pittman's over receiving yards this year when we talk about the Colts so over over 1,025 uh, receiving yards. Um, and I had a few other ones. Well, that was another one. Uh, and the Saints win total over eight. Um, That was a money pick for me. I think their defense is damn good, and they have all their weapons coming back, and James Winston's playing now. He rolled his ankle, but they should hit that over too.
0: All right. I may right. uh I might get on that Ravens one too, yeah. No, we'll have to we'll have to look into that cause it,
2: I, I mean you could you could parlay them too. I think like the Bills easily won. you could throw in the Ravens, you could throw in yeah you could throw in um you know another one too and get those odds even to like plus four hundred. So mm. that's something to kind of look at. That's Colts.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting. Might do like a little do like a little AFC kind of deal but i can't bet on afc east because I, I just i don't know i want to bet on my pats but i i'm not <laughs> sure i can do it right now uh to win the division anyway i saw your thing about how juicy the pats missing the playoffs is too right now it's like minus eh, it's actually like minus 170 so uh, yeah. i don't know i i can see where people are coming from that that's like oh you know it's a must bet but i i don't know you're gonna get a lot of people in new England that. uh that are just so out on that. Um.
2: (laughs) It's so funny. Whenever I post any kind of play about any team, if I, if I talk shit about a team or if I say a team's going to be bad or whatever, you know, I, when I get all the likes and interactions on my post, like when you start to like look things up on Twitter, my post comes up like kind of like on the top, like five or 10. And I get all these like freaking homers that get into my DMs and get into my freaking mentions about what are you fucking talk. You don't know what you're talking like, you know, <laughs> they got a picture of Kyler Murray if I'm talking shit about the Cardinals. I'm
0: like, dude, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. It's classic. Um yes. all right. Let's this is everybody's favorite part of every segment. The the house parlay. Uh we'll all go around and we'll take maybe a play this week. It could be baseball, uh, could be anything where the line is out. Um you know, on a, on a contest this week. So I guess that auto defaults to preseason football or baseball, unless there's any other crazy sporting event going on right now. Um, let's do it. Uh, who, anybody want to go first? Anybody have a play that comes to mind here?
2: See here real quick. I got
0: quick. one for tomorrow, which will be
1: when the podcast drops. So today, if you're listening, but um, kind of surprised how low of it is, but Braves minus 150 against the Red Sox uh Charlie Morton's on the mound against Rich Hill. Uh, I mean, I think the Red Sox just lost to the Royals like 13-14 to 4. So, I I like the I like the Braves in this one and I'm going to take the money line just at -150. All right. I wanted to take the Orioles plus money, but I'm a little I it's for the kids. It's uh a, it's uh parlay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be conservative.
0: Yeah, not with Alec Manoa going up. He's exactly five. It
1: wasn't Manoa, because I think right now, I mean, the Orioles are up six two in the bottom of the six. Oh. So and who's pitching? Yeah,
0: and they're throwing out Kyle Bradish tomorrow instead. So yeah. six fifty five ERA, not ideal. Mm. Not ideal. That would be some serious cash. Uh, yeah.
1: And I can't say anyway. I can't say anyone against the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I just can't. So uh, I'm going to go with the Braves. All right, I'll do. Uh, I've got one that ever since we made the unders comment on baseball and, and TTP, you were talking about this. I've uh, I'm going to take Twins Dodgers under right now for tomorrow or today. Well, while, while this podcast airs as well, um, you've got a, a good pitching matchup of. Julio Arias, who is uh, 257 ERA this year. And you've got Joe Ryan on the other end, who I don't really know much about, but he's got a 367 ERA. Um, Arias has gone, I think it's the last four games, he's gone at least six innings. And he hasn't allowed more than two runs. So I, I think that's enough for me to kind of bet that that's going to happen again. Uh, so I'm going to take under eight and a half here. And that'll be, uh, that'll be my first baseball unders play of the summer. I'm excited.
2: I like that. I like like, welcome to the under squad.
0: (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to the under squad.
2: Because I got an under for you guys too when we top it all off. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. We're going under in the Yankees game. (laughs) Under seven in the Yankees game. I know it. Look, look. This is my only reasoning why. I mean, I, I have to do a little bit more digging. But these two just pitched against each other in New York. What was it, a week ago? I ended up taking the under in that game. It was seven and a half. So not only that, but it went down to seven now. It's at seven. I think it's going to go down to six and a half. Because Seattle's he been, hes he's been balling as the last three or four games. I mean, he's been shutting teams out, and he did so against the Yankees last game, right? This final score ended up being, I think it was like seven to 10 or seven to three or eight to three or whatever it was. Um, but the Seattle Seahawks kind of came out hard at first. They, they came out and, and swung early. I think they put up like four runs in the first inning against Cole. And uh, just seeing that, how they put up like 10 runs or whatever it was in that last game and it being a seven and a half, but they even made it to seven this time. I just feel like there's something fishy there. And I kind of like that under, I think people are really going to try to take that over there.
0: That's interesting. Cause Cole got shelled that first inning. Like he got, but there was yeah. not really much offense the rest of it, which I find funny. Yeah. You know, maybe a couple of runs here and there.
2: But. Yeah, I, I said, and that was really, I mean, except for like, I think the ninth run, I think they put up a couple BS runs or the bottom of the eighth or whatever it was. And the, the over was already like hit, but, um, or maybe it was only an eight run game. I can't remember, but um, yeah, I mean, Cole was still pitching 103 miles per hour in the fourth inning, fifth inning. It was insane. So, I mean, he had like 80 pitches, 90 pitches. He was still throwing the ball, and he was still throwing some heat. He just got – yeah, he just got shelled in the first inning. It happens. And It was a fluke. It was a fluke
1: beginning. Yeah, but he's had too many fluke games this year, so I'm not I'm not too happy with his – I'm just looking. It was – Would you
2: think that it evens out, though, eventually?
1: I hope. That I mean, was... it's just one of those things where it's like – I understand, like, it's a long season and, like, pitcher aggression during the year, but – I mean, you were supposed to be the ace of the New York goddamn Yankees. It's like you can't give up six home runs in a game. It was six inning pitched, seven hits, six earned runs, eight strikeouts. Like, okay, like take away all the bloopers of the home runs, which were five or six of them in the first inning. Like, yeah, okay, he pitched a good game, but it's – I mean, it's just – it's – yeah. And again, I'm not going to be one of those Yankee fans where it's like cancel the season, it's over. Like they're still the first place team, maybe the second place now in the overall of all of baseball. They have over seventy. They have seventy wins. It's like there's still a lot of a lot of season left. Mm-hmm.
0: But but now Mets fans are all coming at Yankee fans because they're like, oh, you know, we have the same record, and it's like look at where our teams are. Like we love our team, where the Yankees fans like hate theirs right now. It's like I get it, but like now there's. Now we're really going to see the Subway Series sort of beef heat back up, which I think is really cool. Um, TTP, would you be in or out on a, a Subway Series World Series as well? I, we I talk about it. this at length. I oh, bet good. It.
2: I bet it. Yeah, I bet it. I bet that like a couple months ago, actually. Um, I got. A, I think I got a, like, a, it. Like probably was actually a month and a half ago. I got it like plus fourteen hundred, I believe, for a Mets and, and Yankees World Series. So it was like was fifty bucks won, to win like, like seven hundred.
0: Love I bet that. you now that's down to like 650, 700.
2: Yeah, I got that early, man. I I felt that one. Good pitching from both. The, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be awesome to watch.
1: Yeah, that's what we're rooting for. Um, I think it'd be definitely the most nerve wracking World Series from both fandoms. But that's I'm definitely rooting for that. The content out of that, just the whole atmosphere. I'm I'm all for it.
2: It would be an epic World Series, but I think it would be like from all their fan bases all around. I think everyone would hate every New York fan and every New Yorker. You know, (laughs) hundred
1: percent, not even a question. And it would be the most
2: annoying World Series ever for a lot of people uh, too. But it would be the most. It'd probably be the most watched World Series in a long time though. Too, I feel like eyes would be glued to it. Yeah, easily. Yeah, because it's like
1: on one end you're gonna have like the asshole Yankee fans that say twenty eighth championship. But then, on the other hand, you're going to have the miserable Mets fans that haven't done anything since the '80s. So, and you know, Jacob Degrom, the best pitcher ever, and, and Stevie Cohen's rich pockets. But yeah, it's definitely would be a. It, it's going to be painful. I'm I'm just speaking into it in existence. It's going to be a painful October. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but all right, so we have our parlay. So Braves money line over the off the Red Sox, Dodgers, Twins under eight and a half. Yanks Mariners under seven. If my odds are correct, I think that's uh, plus five hundred. Here we go. Sure.
0: That's not that, bad. Not bad.
1: There we, there we go. That'll do. Here we go. So we will be playing that. Well, with uh, if and when we win, you'll have to let us know which uh, philanthropy we will be donating those winnings to. Shoot, and, I'm gonna, um, I'm
2: gonna, I'm gonna match, I'm gonna match it too. I'm gonna throw a little twenty dollars on there, action on there as ooh, well. I'll match it. Perfect. So we'll,
1: we'll go, we'll do it, we'll do there it. There we go. So we will have this out in the morning. We'll pick out charity and let's hope this parlay hits. And uh, well, we did this with Trent. We actually faded the whole parlay as well. <laughs> so, did it hit? Did it hit? No, our no, our winnings hit. Like, oh what we, really? What, okay. Yeah, our picks went, but we're like. Because that was at a point where we needed the insurance and like Trent was getting a lot of fade Trent all over social media. Like it was a very, it was a hot week for him. So it's like, Hey, we got to, we got to ride this wave. And, uh, you know, just we're doing it for the, the Jimmy V fun. We got to make sure
0: we, we win this. I was gonna say that was like the genesis, like that was peak fade trent days. Everybody was like, no, like there is a massive movement to just whatever card he puts out, it's like hashtag fade trent, fade trent, fade trent. But hey, it worked. We faded ourselves, but we uh it hit. It hit.
2: Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, there's a time there was a time before his stream at all happened, man. Like I swear, you know, you see all these pay pay for services to get picks and everything. I really feel like you could have paid Trent to get his picks and just fade him but that's how much he was winning. He was hit he was losing like at a like a ninety-seven percent clip. It was crazy.
0: Oh my god.
2: Oh, it was insane. And I, I like I I I kept and once he started the stream, you know, he was starting to get a little bit more educated, He started talking to a lot more people and more people can came on and started to show him away a little bit and uh you know it started coming back to him a little bit, but you know, God, dude, I wish. The bat, right before that stream happened, man, he was a walking freaking fade.
1: <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. He's definitely done um, much better now in his, uh, his following. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have to actually, you know, now that we, we've completed the circle, you know, we'll have to get all, all get together and make one giant parlay, uh, for yeah. a football season. But before we, uh, start closing out, I mean, I'd love to hear more about WeBet Media and the stuff you're, uh, building over there as well. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's, it's basically like a,
2: a betting platform for everybody. Um, really, you know, th- we haven't really seen a channel on ESPN and how big betting is about to become with it becoming legalized almost in every state now. You know, I think it's legalized almost in like 28, 29 different states as of now, and it's continuously starting to grow. Um, there's not really a, a, a go-to channel besides maybe on Sirius here and there or, or whatever that you can hear and see and watch, you know, uh betting content and and betting shows and everything like that so we kind of want to do like a monday through friday kind of a workshop where you're sitting at the computer you want to hear things in the background like kind of like maybe even Trent stream but his is his own is his own thing but different shows and different you know angles and stuff throughout the day that you can listen to and um you know kind of go from there and we also give the voice to some people who aren't really heard and don't have a huge following but they can come on and produce shows on our on our page and kind of help each other out and it's a win-win situation for everybody so um that's where we're kind of at right now and that's the direction we're going and and it's going well so far
0: that's Uh, awesome good stuff um Uh, yeah as we start yeah yeah go ahead i was gonna
1: say especially the way you know we just have massachusetts legalized i mean it's starting to it's starting to trickle down i don't think it'll be 50 states anytime soon but it's clearly already we're past the halfway point um and People are going to be uh, states are going to be riding on this. I think in the next couple months and, and years as well. So it's uh, yep. you know, if you're not buying stock in it now, I don't know why you're why you're missing
0: out.
2: Right. Yep.
0: As we start, uh, we we, we didn't actually even pick your brain on the magic right now. Um, they had a good draft, got some good guys. Yeah. I know you just tweeted out, you know, hey, what should I do about uh, bankero at uh, what was it like plus three thirty or something like that? Mm-hmm. So. From a realistic, like, fan point of view, how far can this team, like, what's their ceiling for this year?
2: Um, i you know, we have, people are going to be counting us out. I mean, our season last year was horrible, right? We we were horrible. We We didn't have Jonathan Isaac, though. And when he's on the court, he's a presence. He was out all last year. Depending on his and how he comes back, we could be damn good. And I'm not just saying that. We'll have Wendell Carter down there, too two big bodies, like two twin towers down there. Then we'll have uh, Markel Fultz has been playing good, but he, you know, he hurt his other knee coming into the season. He's injury prone. It sucks, but you start him to see it turn in the corner. When you're playing for a small market team, like the magic, you start to get your confidence up. And then once you get your confidence up, you you start playing better than you ended up leaving. But I think everyone knows where the direction of this team is going. And I'm excited for that. Even Terrence Ross, he was trying to get traded this year, which you might see him in the middle of the season this year, get traded to a contender. Um, but he's kind of seeing the bigger picture now too. He just bought his house in in Orlando, so he might be staying along for the ride too. I really think and, and I'm so excited for Polo. Like I you it's been so long before I ever gotten before I've been this excited about a draft pick. It's always been like Mario Hazonia, who the fuck? And like some <laughs> other guys. Like I mean like why are we drafting these guys? Victor Oladipo was probably the one guy who i liked too, and he ended up leaving after, you know, three years. So it's hard retaining these guys. But I think Paulo is definitely going to be the face of the franchise. If we can just keep him in Orlando and not happen what Dwight Howard did and he can just like retire as a magic player. I really feel like the guys that we have now we have um, Weltman as our, our GM and in our, in our president who was the assistant GM with the Bucks and during the Giannis times and everything like that. And he's been really building up this team. So I feel like we're going to have a better year than last year. Um, I, do I think we're playoff bound? I think ceiling is an eight seed, an eight seed, eight or nine. I'm going to be as realistic as they come, but I think we're just going to get better. We have a lot of cap space too. I think when they see when these some of these teams see how good we're playing this year, I think more free agents are going to want to come to Florida we have no uh, no income tax, so that's a plus. We you know you take your kids to Disney World in the backyard. It's a place to play, and we're gonna be back soon. It's been a long ten
1: freaking years, but we're back. I think we're back. You're gonna have to uh, collect some uh, select, collect some uh, money from the magic the way you're selling them right now. I know <laughs> what the hell you get commission. Full free agent package, right? Oh, dude. It's been so like you you gotta see
2: my my like I have all this magic stuff like I've like I've been so sad the last like eight years man it's been just it's just been heartbreaking I mean like you know what's bad when you're like looking forward towards the draft lottery and seeing what position you're gonna be in the draft lottery that's how bad so yeah. bad it's been. You guys can relate. I don't know if you guys are Knicks fans or whatever, because they've been pretty awful too. So,
1: Oh, exactly. <laughs> I was Thanks. Gonna, Yeah, I was Thanks. hoping we are going to escape by that. I was just going to listen <laughs> to your pain and uh, not bring up how the Knicks are, you know, they finally do something big in, in signing uh, Jalen Brunson, and now they're probably going to lose two draft picks. <laughs> it's fucking different <tampering>. yeah. <laughs> that, that those draft picks will not be able to acquire Donovan Mitchell. So it's going to be one whole giant cycle of getting kicked in the dick.
2: It's like I, saw, no I they they didn't wouldn't even give up Julius it's... Randall. They wouldn't give up Julius
0: Randall for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I don't know about that.
1: I wouldn't That's like. <laughs> I wouldn't be the. I wouldn't be that mad. I mean, I, I like Julius Randall, and I still believe in him. And I, I definitely think that they signed into the correct contract, and he deserved that contract, um especially the way that you know the salary caps rising and average players are going to get you know some major money i think it was a fair contract for julius Randle, but now if they're saying it's hindering the abilities to you know make different moves or extend rj and stuff like that
0: then you're gonna have to you know move it unfortunately Mm. but and like i don't know this tampering investigation is kind of bullshit because like of course they tampered it's his dad that is on the coaching staff of the team. Like mm-hmm. you call that tampering? Then like, yeah. Oh, he made illegal contact. Like, yeah, he went to his fucking dad's house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, of course. Like, what? What are they gonna do? I don't know. It's just so dumb. So dumb. Mm-hmm. The whole league tampers Like, call
1: yeah, State for sure. Say, yeah, like, for sure. What do you think? No one talks in the off season and
0: beforehand. Like, come on.
2: Yeah. No. No chance. I mean, but it's even not-
0: still, like, it's his fucking dad. <laughs> It (laughs) is his dad is the assistant coach. That's unbelievable.
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm more excited for football than basketball. (laughs) Yes. Very much. Um, Yep. But we appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, where can our listeners, you know, engage with your content, find you online, and uh, follow along to see your picks. Taking the points on TikTok, taking the points
2: with a five on Twitter. Pretty easy. Sweet. Yeah, with his tongue sticking out looking like he's trying to win some money but most likely yeah
1: yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. love that that. awesome well ttp we appreciate the time uh yeah we'll be putting in this parlay and uh we'll catch catch up during the season so thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you soon sounds good thank y'all and that was just jj gruden taking the points um man i love football we're getting ready for the fall we're getting ready for football so we appreciate. Uh, TTP joining the podcast and come join us in this parlay. We're gonna get a nice little plus five hundred parlay thanks to uh, JJ, and we're gonna win. And the Yankees are gonna win, and all as well is gonna be in the world. And I sure shit hope so. I hope so. And thank God he picked the under.
0: You he didn't take you know money line or the opposing spread or whatever. I uh, I would have I would have been like no re-pick. Yeah. We're not doing this. We're not we're betting not on doing, the fucking we're not Mariners. Doing this right now. No, thank yeah. you. Oh, the Yankees are about to start too. Late know, night. Late night. That's so weird. I don't like when they do those one-off away like West Coast trips, but I guess did they already go? They already went to Anaheim and Oakland, right?
1: Yeah. So it's a three-game, three-game in Seattle, and then uh,
0: back to um, Fenway. Fenway. I'm a little nervous. For I'm, I'm more nervous than I'd like to admit. I mean, they're zero five. They're zero five, and the Cardinals are just swept
1: us, and the Dodgers are five and zero since getting Joey Gallo. I mean, doesn't mean Joey Gallo is doing anything, but <laughs> just a fact.
0: Uh, Yank Sox this weekend. How? Uh, what's the split? I say two and one. I'm happy.
1: Uh, yeah, they they have to win this. They have to win the series. I mean, I still think that they'll sweep them because the Red Sox are playing abysmal as well. But... Yeah, they do suck. Yeah, too. You never know. It's one of those like, I mean, the next the next few series are making breaks. So the, the Yankees are 9.5 in the AL East right now. Obviously still a very comfortable lead. I'm not going to discredit that. Yeah, they're playing like shit, but it's okay to... It's okay to have this type of skid after the first half you have. Like, it's not over anytime soon, But the next couple series are this month of August is crucial. It's three against the Mariners, a series against the Sox, Blue Jays, Rays, and then Mets. You yeah, that's, you that's play like you just played the past five games. You're in second place in the american American League. I think so. You can you, you know, you cannot. And it doesn't help that. John Carlos hurt and Rizzo's dealing with some back stuff, and the pitching has been atrocious. And you know, the identity of this team is lost at this very moment. And you know, the newcomers of Montas and Efros are you know, didn't pan out. And Ben even I mean, has
0: Ben collected a more than one hit yet? I think he uh, coming into yesterday, which he was benched, unless he came off the uh, unless he came off, was one for 20. Like, come on, come on! Huh? He was yeah. a three fifteen <laughs> hitter. I know. He was three twenty coming in too. Brutal. Brutal. So. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not panic mode. I'm, I think I'm. Bless you. I. I think I'm not in panic mode just yet. I'm not in panic I
1: mean, mode just yet. We'll. We'll have to see after this weekend.
0: Yeah. I I would have to agree. I'd have to agree here. All right. That's our show. Episode 96. Um, Follow along. Hope you guys bit the the house parlay. You've still got time to get it in. uh, If you're listening to this in the morning, if you were listening to this after 7 PM on Tuesday, uh, you're shit out of luck, but you can take, I believe it is the late two games and probably get yourself half the action and half the fun. Um, Or no half the action and all of the fun. That's what it is. that's it that's will and i'm jake so long everybody take it easy